Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, y'all? John DeRolla. Excuse me, Sarah. Two Americans living in Sweden talking about football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We got sound effects, bitches. <laughs> soundboard. Oh, A really shit. long soundboard sound right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we got some good ones. This yeah. is kind of exciting. I feel like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, man. I was. Uh, I knew you would like it, man, when I got this all set up. Oh, and we're going to build. <laughs> yeah, we're going to build, though. We're going to have this great one. Uh, we're going to do all the way... From the the preset, well, camp all the way until playoffs. We're talking about <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> you kidding me? Yes, I'm. Yes. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding. We are going all the way. Uh, and if you don't like it, we do not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is gonna. This yeah. is happening. Yeah, this is happening. Yeah. NFL has a soundboard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I just got back from the Swedish countryside. I don't, I don't, I'm not even really sure where I was, but <laughs> uh, I know I drank a lot. Oh, that's good. Ate a lot. We've cooked on the grill just about every night. Oh, nice. Um, we went, we drove around, you know, went to some like uh, Lopez, like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My wife loves shit. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're big fans of that too. And, uh, you know, it's hit or miss, and especially when you're out in the country, because it's yeah. like a little sign that's like, you know, there's a lopez two kilometers down this dirt road, and sometimes you get there, and it's like, wow, this is great. It's like a whole barn full of shit, and yeah. sometimes you get there, and it's like some old lady who's got a- <laughs> I w- got my bras. One car garage. <laughs> I don't use them anymore. You know, with some cassette <laughs> tapes and, you know, shit like that. And you're, and you're like- <laughs> exactly. Well, the funny we had that experience. It was funny because she we pull up to this house and it turns out it's you know it's a dud. It's just a one car garage with just some dumb shit in it. And this late, as soon as we pull up, we get out of the car and this lady comes out of her house with a walker. Mm. She walks about a hundred meters, uh, and by the time she's so slow, cause she's got a walker. Mm-hmm. By the time she makes it to the gate, we've already decided. Eh, thanks. Bye. <laughs> 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 she's like fuck you my wife was like I feel bad we should have bought somebody I was like it's not my fault I drove two kilometers down this dumb ass dirt road for that shit yeah she should have had better stuff out there <clears throat> yeah totally uh, I personally just got back from uh, performing in Young Shopping nice I, I, I forgot I had been there before <laughs> <laughs> that's a wow that, they should put that on a postcard for Young Shopping <laughs> come to Young Shopping yeah, you, you won't even remember you, you might have been here before <laughs> <laughs> We're so fun, you forget you've been here. <laughs> uh, no, I, I we did a Team America tour. Nice. And uh, this was when I, I was kind of new in comedy then. It was me and a few other Americans living out here. And we, uh, Young Shepping was one of the places we went to. Mm. And one of the comedians reminded me of that last, uh, the was it last night? Yeah, last night. 
she was like, yeah, you've been, you were here for the team. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, um, uh, and yeah, it's nice over there. It was a good time. Mm. Uh, you told me it was a Bible belt. I did, uh, I did not use the, the joke I was going to. I forgot, man. It's probably good. What happened was it was an outdoor event. I don't know if you know this, but it was raining like a motherfucker yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was outdoor. They had to move it like under these tents and all of that. And then I felt like it was going so badly of a night that I had to just only do don't don't mess around. Just be nice. No, no, no. I meant <laughs> I mean only do tried and true material. I was not right. gonna like yeah, mess yeah, around. Yeah, don't sure. mess around. I just <clears throat> so uh, I did start with something I don't normally do, but I talked about the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did that for a little bit, and then uh, I just told a quick story about Sandra going to the black church and all that. I was talking about the black church, and then I went mm-hmm. into my stuff, man. So it was fun, man. It was a good time. That's cool. Yeah. If you the, guys uh, ever hear about me performing, come check me out. I'm pretty funny. He is pretty funny. I haven't yeah. seen him perform, but I sit next to him once a week, and he always makes me laugh. So. <laughs> yeah. So, the highlight of uh, this this trip to the country, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this. We, we had a little crawfish thing, but then mm. the day before, I had made banana pudding. Oh, with Nilla Wafers for my wife's family, who none of them had ever had it before. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> so it was kind of a, you know, it, so I made it the night before, put it in the fridge, and we ate the crawfish, and we were listening to music and hanging out, had the playlist going. Uh, it is kind of perfect because crawfish yeah. is really salty, yeah, yeah. right? And then you hit it with something really it, sugary sweet, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I go and I get it, and I bring it in, and everyone's like, ooh, ah, like, Burr. Music still playing. The second the thing hits the table, song switches to Georgia. Oh, Georgia! <laughs> I swear to God, I almost started crying. Oh my God! I was like, Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> eat the pudding now. Just eat it. You got three minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Magical. Damn. Did they like the banana pudding? They did actually, and yeah. the, even the little kid, my. Uh, my wife's sister, she's got younger kids, like mm-hmm. like five and seven, um, and they were super pumped about it. Oh, nice. They were kind of picky eaters, so I wasn't really sure how they were going to react, but they loved it. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. I was trying to think of one thing from the soundboard to use, but no. Uh, no, these are all insults on the soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> got to get something nice. <laughs> Besides the crowd thing, and that's too long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah man you want to hop right in cuz I got this uh AFC North I'll finally be done with this coaching staff. Yes. I, we've learned so much about all these coaching staffs. Yeah. So uh the the last one is going to be the AFC North which might be the best coaching staff in the NFL. I actually feel more enlightened than yeah than I used to yeah. feel cool, regarding man. coaching. Yeah, Thanks to you. Oh good. But, I hope uh, our listeners feel the same way. Yeah, so we can start with what is obviously the biggest story in the NFL this week, the Packers. Yes. <laughs> they have cut Blake Bortles. <clears throat> I mean, seriously, what were they thinking? Uh, yeah, stupid. No, actually, the, the main story is... That's true, though, by the way. I didn't make that up. They did cut Blake Bortles. <laughs> Blake Bortles is unemployed. Yeah, I, I wasn't saying that just to be funny. That's a true story. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is back. Yeah. Uh, I got you. Yeah, of course. And uh, everyone has a hot take on whether this drama back and forth was really worth it or not. Um, personally, I don't think you can answer that question accurately unless you really know Rodgers personally. Mm-hmm. Um, from a financial perspective, it's easy to say that Rodgers lost 
or that he caved. Oh, really? Um, what what was the deal? Well, the deal is that it, it, basically the only thing they did is that they kind of eliminated his third. He's he was currently going on a th- on three more years on his contract. Mm-hmm. They've shaved off the third year as more of an optional year. Okay, so he's still under contract for two years. They're still moving money around to create cap space. Uh-huh. So it's not like he really got any new money. Um, oh shit! Not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> but he claims that it's not really about money. Um, maybe he's just simply kind of done with these guys who are running the Packers and restructuring his deal so that he can get out sooner rather than later is exactly w- what he wants. In which yeah. case, you know what I mean? It's like I, I think it's kind of hard. I've seen. I've been. You know, ever since he's come back. I mean, the big take that a lot of people have is like, gosh, why did we go through all of this for that? Like nothing, mm. you know, <clears throat> but he gave this pretty candid press conference. Hmm, I haven't seen it. I gotta check it it out. is um, one of the rare sporting moments in that he very just kind of his mood is very calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's kind of him, though. He's very chill. Yeah. Uh, he kind of goes through. Um, what for him? What this whole scenario was about? Mm-hmm. What he wanted, um, and he also listed a lot of players that that got, you know, that didn't get offered contracts from the past that he wished, you know, could have gotten a, a, another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, was it Randall <clears throat> Cobb one of them? Well, yeah. Well, Randall Cobb is now back. Yeah, he's back. But then that, you know, <laughs> there's something with this Gutekunst guy that I think is is really annoying. That's the GM, right? Yeah, he seems like he's kind of a dick. Like he, like the Bears old. Oh, they said Jerry Krause, didn't he? He did, yeah. And so, so instead of just announcing we've signed, we've re-signed Randall Cobb, like he's coming back to Green Bay, he basically just came right out and said we signed him because Aaron Rodgers wanted him. Oh. Uh... So. Now they've basically he's like he's basically saying we didn't want this guy, but Aaron Rodgers wanted him, so we did this, right? So do that in the draft, motherfucker. Yeah. So now, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So now I still think he's being a dick in a very like kind of weird, subtle way that not everybody is really completely picking up on. Um, I don't know. For me, I I find it a little odd how how like when when a player draws a line in the sand regarding his contract and his future. How he's quickly labeled as selfish. Yep. Right. But when a team does the exact same thing, m- those are the same people who say, "Hey, this business is business." Like uh-huh. you sign the deal, but I mean, the teams can move money around anytime they However want. They want. Yep. <clears throat> they the deals are always structured in such a way where where your ten de- ten year deal really is nothing more than a three year deal. Yeah. They can fucking cut your nuts off after three years yeah. and be done with you, and not owe you a dime. So. Yeah. I, I and especially when you're you know it, and for me I, my opinion about it changes depending on the player and the situation right so yeah. I might feel one way about Aaron Rodgers whereas I wouldn't feel quite the same way about say Deshaun Watson's situation yeah. or Xavier Howard That's or Xavier Howard is, is probably a better example because yeah. he doesn't have that weird shit hanging over his head um, I just think it's a little weird that we always expect players to take one for the team but yeah. the people who run these teams. They get away with it. They never take one for the team. No. So, yeah, I don't Even know. Even Denver, like getting rid of uh, of uh, Jawan James like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fucked up big time. It's like and nobody's coming at the team calling them selfish. They're just like, oh, he shouldn't have uh, worked out. It's like well, the team wanted him to work out. 
Uh, so it's bullshit. One of my favorite things that 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 Roger said during this um, during this press press conference, he said his desire to, you know, not only have some input over the free agents, but also desire to be a recruiter, right? Mm. Like, so he said, and this is a quote. He said, "Let's face it, it's Green Bay. It's not exactly a tourist destination. Players come here because they want to play." with a QB like me because they know it increases their chance to win a championship. Right? I like it. I like now, it. Now, besides the sideways diss about Green Bay, he's saying, bro, let me be the hype man so we can lure great players to this franchise, right? Yeah. And he specifically kind of pointed out the idea of like, hey, there are other first-round draft picks, like guys who were first-round draft picks. Yeah. You know, they're out of their rookie deal. They're becoming free. Like, I can go out there and recruit these guys. Yeah, man. And get them to come here, right? I mean, every, look, okay, keep this in mind because I'm, I, I'm researching a project right now and I was to, like where we're going to shoot this American show that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And I looked into Green Bay uh, oh, really? as a place. Um, and everybody knows Green Bay is obviously known for the Packers, but. Um, do you know what is actually the biggest industry in Green Bay? Cheese, right? Mm, toilet paper. Toilet paper? Yeah, toilet paper. Uh, and for those of you who have never been in a town that revolves around a paper mill, um, mm. let's just say it doesn't smell very good. And and escaping it is like a non... Have you ever been to one of these places? That has no, like a, man. Oh, shit, not yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> It's bad. It smells like poop, basically. Really? Yeah, paper mill smells like sh- literally smells like shit. And Why when is the that? wind blows, I don't know, something to do with the way that they make paper. I I I can't answer it. Um, wow. also Green Bay, the, it's called Green Bay for a reason. It's because the water is so green and contaminated and algae and it stinks and the water is so disgusting okay. there that you can't swim in it, you can't fish in it, you can't do nothing, you can probably piss in it. Uh, <laughs> <but it's, laughs> Make it better. Like, uh, everybody, please pee in the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, wow. I, I mean, I just think they should let him. If he wants to be, if he wants to be the hype man for Green Bay, they they should let him do it. He's only got a couple more years of it, though. So, I think the that's the thing about the general manager. Like, what happens when, if you get hurt? But they got to think like that. Mm. Worst case scenario. Well, you know what look, I mean? they have to think outside of Aaron Rodgers. Here, and- totally. And but here's the big mistake that they made. Is and this is the way Green Bay has done business for decades is that they don't typically offer a guy uh, a contract when they're sort of, you know, inching up in, into their late 20s or early mm-hmm. 30s. Yeah. They take that same they they do sort of what the Patriots do. Yeah. You know, which is like, you know what, you might still be good, but in 2 years you're going to suck. So yeah. we're going to let we're not you go gonna now. Pay you for the past performance. <clears throat> yeah, 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 exactly. Which yeah. okay, fine. Um but I think You can't do that and then try to keep this quarterback who's in his prime that you really want to keep. But the other thing right, that, right, the other thing they. that the other thing that Aaron Rodgers said which was a bit of a flex, but he's totally earned it. He said, "Look, in in normal situations there are rules that apply to everyone, but in certain situations um there are people who qualify as outliers." And Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he clearly qualifies as an outlier. Yeah. They thought two years ago they were basically betting that Aaron Rodgers' performance was gonna tank. 
Yep. Which is why they went and drafted a quarterback. Yep. Um, and they were going to try to muscle him out of the team. And he came back and won the MVP and made them look like idiots. Yep. And now they're going to be stuck with a rookie quarterback who is probably not going to see the field until his third or fourth year. So yeah. you're done fucked up, yeah. Green Bay. But so did Rodgers. That's mm-hmm. what they should be like, all right, mm-hmm. Rodgers didn't see the field until his third year. Maybe it's all right if we, you know. Maybe. Maybe they'll be fine. Yeah. Maybe they'll be fine. And, again, all things football-related can either make this situation worse or it can, like, make it all go away, right? Yeah. If they come out and on, you know, week one, first and ten, yeah, yeah. if Rodgers throws an 80-yard pass to Randall Cobb yeah, yeah. and he scores a touchdown, then he can walk off the field and do his little mic drop and everybody yeah. goes, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I hope but that happens, man. If it doesn't go, you know, it doesn't have to go that well for it to be considered a success. Yeah, but yeah. That's just a example. Or if they don't make the playoffs and everybody be like, well, now what? Right. Well, then it will be never. This whole situation will get revisited yeah. if that happens. Uh, Devontae Adams um, also is unhappy with with the front office. Claims that oh, he wants shit. to be the highest paid receiver in the league. Um, mm. They 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 were having contract negotiations. He's on the last year of his rookie deal, and he has now broken off extension talks with the team. Um, Man, a lot of people are assuming that this will be the last year in Green Bay for, for both Rodgers and for Devontae Adams. Ra- Raiders QB Derek Carr has been publicly like trying to recruit Adams to Vegas. Oh, wow. These two played- to, what does he think? He's uh, Aaron Rodgers over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they were teammates in uh, Fresno State, okay. apparently. So okay. they're like buddies. Like They still text okay. and shit. So. Um, Damn. The other awkward uh, showing up to work scenario this week was Deshaun Watson. <laughs> he showed up. <laughs> Deshaun Watson is in the building. Exactly. Awkward. <laughs> Did they do this? <laughs> Shame. 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 No. no, no, they did not do that. Uh, this has to be like. This year's just complete all-out fucking dumpster fire. Oh, yeah. Because, oh yeah. I mean, this. I don't see any solution to this, actually. Because I even broke this down, and I wanted to ask you. Okay. Okay, so the, Deshaun Watson, he still wants to be traded from Houston. Okay. Houston has... He's got so much leverage. Right. <laughs> Houston has finally agreed to trade him. Okay. But with over 20 sexual assault allegations hanging over his head, uh-huh. they are never going to get market value for him based solely on his talent. Right. Um, GM Jonathan Rollins, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm their GM, huh? Yeah. Damn. Because you can't cut him. No. Um, maybe I, ran, I, I, I hit up the uh, commissioner. And I say, hey, yo, put them on the exemption list. But that's the thing. They, 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 the NFL is basically trying. I don't know why they're doing this. It's so weird. They, they really don't want to have their fingerprints right, right. on this at I all. I get it. I get it. Um, and because it can go, it can go either way for them, right? Mm-hmm. If it turns out these are false allegations, then they look like. Then they could probably get sued for putting him on the exempt list. Because they, they, they've been. It's my quarterback. Yeah, that's my quarterback. 
yeah. Uh, but if he did do these things, uh, then then that looks weird too. So I don't think the Houston is like do they th- like I would think personally if I'm the GM, I'm thinking where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. So I think it'd be hard for him to get off on this. Mm. The only thing that he can get off on is massages. So uh, <laughs> apparently, yeah. <clears throat> no, but I think it'll be hard for him to, to beat this case. So uh, I would try to find a way to part ways with him. It's a really weird scenario. And apparently there are reports because, you know, training camp has started uh, and there are reports that, you know, he's there. He's in the building. Yeah, he's been taking some quarterback reps, but they've also they don't want to risk him getting injured because they're trying to trade him. So they've basically got him with who they've they've basically got him playing safety. <laughs> what I mean, what the fuck? Who's gonna who's gonna take him? I you know I have no idea. I have no idea because you can't. The only logical explanation. Okay, so here's the thing. There's a couple of things that I would do okay. if I were the Texans. I got I got something now. Go ahead. One is that I would say, okay, look, you know what? We're gonna make a special case for you. Don't don't you don't have to show up, and we're not going to find you. Right, just go home. I was going to say something like that, yeah. Because how could his presence at training camp? Yeah, doesn't help anything. Help anything, yeah. right? Yeah. Because so, the only reason he's there, like give is him a so, year off. Because this is the new the new term that everybody you know used to be like, you know, if you if you had issues with your team, you were going to hold out and yeah, try yeah. to get a better deal. And now this year, the new phrase is hold in. Right, Xavier Howard's doing it. Uh, it's oh, okay. it's that you don't want to be. They're even they're calling it that, like okay. all over the NFL media. They're saying, "Oh, this is the new thing." It's doing a hold, a hold in. in. I'm doing a hold in. It's like a sit in, like the '60s, like we're all a bunch of hippies <laughs> fucking smoking weed, uh. sitting on our asses. Uh, but they should they should just say, "We're not going to find you. Stay home." Mm-hmm. They should beg the league to step in and do something. The right. league is pretending like they don't have enough information on this. Like, oh, we don't really. Yeah. We've been investigating, but we don't have enough info to know what's really happening. If I were them, I would uh, possibly do my own type of like I would try to stand on higher ground. Mm-hmm. Like I would be like, uh, you know what? We heard these allegations, and it troubles us. We don't want to be on the wrong side of it, so we're gonna wait and see, hmm. and we're gonna err on the side of caution and and like remove him from football. Uh, for us, he's not going to play in a Texans uniform until we get to the bottom of this because we take it seriously. These right. uh, allegations that are against them—that's the way they could do it, man. Play the holier than thou thing, mm. and uh, I can't re- recall right off of any uh, tennis or, or Houston uh, players having some uh, issues that they kept around. Mm. I can't. Nothing comes to mind right now, so they wouldn't look like the hugest hypocrites, right? So maybe take that stance, like. <sighs> These are, we're so troubled by these allegations. We can't have this guy play for us. But then again, they could cut him too. The hard part for well, the thing that's really sort of clouding the team's judgment, I would say, is that, and and this is such a dumb thing to say, but if you take away all the allegations, he's mm-hmm. clearly like an extremely valuable asset. Of course, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. So, so yeah. they that's why they. But it will be next year too. I know that. But what I think here's what I think they should if he's if he's insistent on showing up, mm-hmm. they should say, "Look, here's the deal: you're going to show up. We're not going to find you. You're going to practice, um, but you're not going to play. We're not going to play you. 
You're going to yeah. be on the team. You're going to be the backup. Yeah, but does uh, he get first string reps? And then that's no, what, that's that's the thing. So he 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 would be like third string reps. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then at the end of the year, year plays out. His legal case plays out, and if there's anybody who still wants to sign him after that, then fine. Yeah. Trade happens. Yeah, once he does the settlement, that's because the problem right now is that it's like why I heard, wouldn't it just settle? I heard somebody saying on I can't remember who it was. I think it was Kyle Brandt on the NFL Network. He was like, Shout "It's out like to Kyle Brandt. it's like someone saying like, hey, um, I want to sell you this Aston Martin, but it's got like twenty bombs inside of it that might go <laughs> off, but they might not. Yeah, they, right? they still might not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much will you give me for it? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a fairly uh, keep it in the garage. Decent analogy. Keep you know it in the mean? garage and sell it next year. I don't know it's when you figure out what's if the bombs are going to go off or not. Um, it's I, a great analogy. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, what else going on? Well, Cowboys Dak Prescott is already sitting on the sidelines with a sore shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> sore shoulder. <laughs> it's so funny. I love. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love the. Uh, we do not care. <laughs> that one's my favorite, by the way. Uh, yeah, I love the double speak from the Cowboys. You know, prior to the sore shoulder, they're talking about how like it's so important that Dak is back and getting all his reps and all this kind of stuff. And then he injures his shoulder and he's not he's not throwing the ball. And they're like, "Nah, it's no big deal. He'll be fine. He'll be ready week one." And it's like he's not practicing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how sore is his shoulder? Gee, we're talking about practice, <laughs> not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a little more drama in New Orleans. This is not looking good for Saints fans this year. <laughs> For everybody else in the NFC South, <laughs> uh, Michael Thomas. This oh, I heard about this. Turned yeah. out to be a little bit of a like last year. He's a diva. He's a diva. He's a knucklehead. He got suspended last year for punching one of his own players. Yeah. So the thing is, is that he injured his hamstring. No, sorry, his Achilles. He injured his ankle. It, kind of early in the season last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't play that much. Right, right, right. Uh, and he had the entire. Like, while everybody was playing, he could have had the surgery that he needed to have. Uh, but he he allowed some doctor to convince him that, that he could probably rehab it without doing the surgery. That didn't work. Mm. Uh, and so he's had this surgery to repair his ankle sometime in June. And they're saying it's like a minimum, like, four to five months recovery, which means yeah. this guy's not going to see the field until, like, week Seven at the earliest. Damn. Uh, they interviewed Sean Payton yesterday, and mm-hmm. he sounded kind of pissed. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, who else? Why would he do the surgery then? Come on, son. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, JJ Watt, he is an uh, injured hamstring. <laughs> No, that's not good. I shouldn't have done that. Well, the other one you could have said is... uh... (laughs) We do not care. Yeah. I know I just brought it up. I brought it up just to say that I don't care. He injured his hamstring? Uh, Yeah, something like that. Where is he playing at now? Uh, Arizona. Arizona. Oh, yeah, because they were taking everybody. Damn. Mm. Well, I mean, are you surprised? No. He's at the end of his career, man. No. One of your guys is on the sideline now, too. Uh, Will, oh. Will Fuller with an undisclosed injury, it says. 
Oh, really? Uh, they're not saying what it is. Oh, I did not hear that. Mm. That's, what, that's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. I'm over here talking shit. And <laughs> that's my team. Zach too. Wilson finally signed. Got his money. Straight cash, homie. Yeah. <laughs> he got that straight cash, homie. I don't know what, I don't know why it was taking him so long to sign, but. He wanted a good deal, man. Yeah, I guess he, so. And he didn't come to practice. Mm-hmm. He was not coming to the first two. He we talking like, about <laughs> practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. But uh, 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 Robert Sala was like, uh, he needs to be out here, man. The, the kid needs to get on the field. Like he was, you know. Mm. And uh, he was, yeah. He, he finally agreed to terms, and he's getting twenty something million guaranteed. Twenty two point nine million. I checked. Uh, I checked his mom's Instagram. No, twenty two point nine million signing <clears throat> bonus. I checked his mom's Instagram, but nothing new. What's she doing, man? She posted something stupid about somebody's wedding. I was like, come on, say something. Come on, I'm, I'm telling you, when the season starts. Yeah, she better give us something. She gonna she gonna start running that mouth. <laughs> we'll you. see, man. Uh, Bears traded wide receiver Anthony Miller to the Texans. Yep. You know he's happy. Um, he's happy. <laughs> Apparently, you know, some really? of the Bears, the Bears were happy to get rid of him. Apparently, this uh, wasn't like a, they even said this wasn't like a salary cap move. It's just, they just, we just were, don't like the guy. They were just kind of sick of this guy. Um, they think he didn't live up his, to his expectations. Um, but I say, you know, I mean, you stuck him there with Mitch Trubisky, so uh, that's a good point. You know, maybe he'll maybe he'll shine with. Well, he'll be with the Texans, so never mind. <laughs> exactly. Never mind. Uh, former Jags wideout D.D. Westbrook signs one year deal with the Vikings. Great cash, homie. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Dolphins signed Shaquem Griffin to a one year deal. Great cash, homie. Uh huh. Who else? Uh, 49ers Fred Warner signs five-year, $95 million contract to become the highest-paid linebacker cash, in football. Highest-paid middle linebacker. That's, that's more than straight cash. Yeah, damn. 90 40 million guaranteed. God. Damn. 40 million guaranteed. Well, guaranteed, that's... Straight cash, homie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For real. Mm-hmm. Wait, but, you know, th- this thing with Xavier and Howard, I think, is kind of interesting. Yeah, Wait, man. Talk to me. What do you intriguing. think? Uh... I really, I'm obviously I'm a Dolphins fan, right? But I'm oddly optimistic that he's going to be a Dolphin at the end of all of this because he has no mm-hmm. leverage whatsoever. I, this his his situation seems so much different than Rogers' situation than anybody in, in a lot of different ways. I've never seen this before. A, he hasn't been with the team as long as Rogers has, and B. I mean, he's one year into a five-year contract, isn't that Two right? years in. Two years into a five-year So, year. and his first, here's the thing. Okay, I, I broke it down, too, for my brother-in-law. Uh, we were talking about this. Uh, that the thing is, he got signed in 2019, this extension, that was uh, made him the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL. Mm. Then a couple other cornerbacks came afterwards, you know what I mean? So they started making more money. Right. But then they signed Byron Jones <clears throat> to a, a higher contract than him. Mm. Uh, I think it was six million more dollars total in the end. Mm. Uh, so uh, Byron Jones ends up he's he's a really good cornerback, right? But, but quarterbacks just don't throw at him, right? So they have to throw at Xavier Howard because he he sets you up and makes it look like the the guys are open. Then he jumps the route and intercepts the ball. Mm. So Byron Jones gets two interceptions last year, and Xavier Howard has ten, mm. and Byron Jones is making more money than him hmm. and he's like how the fuck am i not the highest paid cornerback on this team hmm. 
if I'm obviously giving you the ball back and doing all this stuff and had the most pass deflections in his in the NFL since he came in the league. He's missed 16 or something games in his six years or whatever. Right. And he still has the most interceptions. Right. And like it's, it's insane his stats. But then the first year when he signed that best deal ever, he only played like five games. Mm. So you had a year where you made all this money and then you were injured most of the year. Second year, he balls out last year. And then so I understand both sides, actually. But mm-hmm. I do also understand that it was a cap-shortened year. And it's like, if I'm the GM, if I put my GM hat on, I'm saying, dude, just hang in there. We got you after this year. But then again, it's hard for a player to hear that when he can blow his Achilles. Sure. And, you know, or whatever. So I'm. they're trying to restructure an extension. And that's what uh, Brian Flores is saying. This is different because we – we're trying to restructure an extension, which never happens. Right. So that's the tough part, man. <clears throat> and I, and and then he wrote that post on Instagram, and that almost blows it all up, like it's all over. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When they once they start doing that shit, like Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm sure they would have loved to have had. Imagine if he would have stayed on the team, mm-hmm. but he didn't like the whole, you know, uh, the way the roster was falling apart. You know, they were tanking it looked like right and he was just like fuck this shit i came from alabama we ain't about this losing shit <laughs> and then yeah that, that makes a lot more sense to me but i yeah so, but that would have been nice to fix that situation but to lose another top secondary member like that would really suck for miami but totally. they have one of the most shrewd uh gms in the league in chris greer uh, so that makes me think he's probably going to end up playing for Miami because mm-hmm. Chris Greer is not going to take a losing deal just to make a player happy. Right. Because his deal with, I think they were kind of even with, the, you know, you lose a great player in Minkah Fitzpatrick, but you still get the uh, the two uh, high draft picks. Mm. And the Steelers kind of, oh no, they ended up okay. But Miami ended up getting like a 10th pick of the draft or some shit like that. I mean, I just think with the season that he had last year, there's probably a, you know, Pretty good handful of teams out there that have the cap space that would be willing to spend it on a guy like him. It's not the cap space isn't the problem. Miami has to sign off on it. He has no leverage. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, but they got the cap if, space. If they would get something back that right. was worth what they, they... You need a team with cap space and an asset. Assets, right. <laughs> and maybe, yeah, either like a, a player, which would probably be the best. Savian Howard... For Deshaun Watson. <laughs> That's what the people are saying. <laughs> oh, really? And people, a lot of fucking idiots are saying that. Deshaun Watson. I was for kidding. Xavier. Yeah, people are fucking Dolphins fans are the worst that are writing that shit. It's like, get the fuck out of here. There's no way they're going to bring in Deshaun Watson. Maybe if there wasn't all of this shit going on, but. Wow. Especially right now, like in the, in the training camp. But So it's going to be tough. I don't see how it works out where uh, they can find somebody to make that trade. Unless an injury happens and a team gets really desperate and then Miami fleeces somebody. Right. But other than that, I think after the season, if he makes it through the season, no injury, no crazy shit, and, ha- and still has a good year, which he will, because he's, he's been I've, – I've always thought he's one of the best corners, then he'll be on the team next year and they can fix his contract or give him a, a, a contract he deserves. Because mm. it's, it's weird. Like you said, people look at him as selfish, but – I mean, if I'm looking over at you and we got the same job and I'm doing my goddamn thing and you're making more money than me, then I'm not going to like it. Even if I'm working fucking, you know, in the grocery store. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? 
Uh, so it's understandable for both sides. And they're like, yo, you signed this shit. And he says it in his uh, Instagram thing. I didn't, I'll admit, I didn't know what I was signing. It was like, whose fault is that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what you have an agent for. And so he fired his agent. And his agent's house got shot up. I don't know how that happened. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that story. Yeah, In man. Atlanta. That was another In Norcross. part. Oh, That was another shit. part of it is that he's also had legal troubles. And Miami he stuck legal, by him. He had legal troubles. Domestic violence and the shooting thing. And yeah. Where he may or may not be responsible for shooting up his agent's house. So this isn't shit. I forgot about that. And this is the part. And Miami's being high road as always. You know what I'm saying? They're not. But it's like, dude, we stuck by you through that shit too. We made you the highest paid cornerback. We brought in another guy who helps you get interceptions. Honestly, right? That helps. It's not just you, the team. It, see, this so, is, I agree with you, and I think that this is one of those situations where you would hope that the team could just say, just. Just fucking hang in there, bro. Yeah. And like They're probably saying it, but he probably don't want to hear that shit. No. Especially after something like what we just said, Jawan uh James, who used to play with him. True. They might be friends. True. And when Jawan James is like, fuck God, that shit, man. A, Get it's your It's not an easy money. business. I'll, I'll no, nah, man. That's why I'm so glad that I'm a struggling comedian. Yeah, it's way better. <laughs> it's way better on this side. <laughs> on the stress. Uh-huh. No stress though. Yeah. Know, I laugh a lot. Uh shout out to the uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl ring. <laughs> A lot of people are saying that it's really tacky. It, of course, it's tacky. It's, it's a, a Super Bowl it's a Super Bowl ring. ring. Uh, I was quite impressed with that. Yeah, ring, yeah, that's actually. really cool. I thought it was really cool. I mean, a ring. You know, my Brady hate has uh, has not stopped me from appreciating the Bucks season. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like him. I, I'm, I'm still a you know I, I can't I haven't removed all the Brady hate, and then I still appreciate. I've always kind of appreciated Brady too. Sure, even though I hated him. Yeah, but uh, I, I I like what they did, man. I'm I'm not even bitter. No, I was, I was rooting against them in the Super Bowl, but yeah, I mean, no. you can you got you can't root against Andy Andy Reid. You know what I'm saying? You got to understand that Andy yeah, Reid, sure, sure, Patrick sure. Mahomes. I mean, as much as people accuse me of like hating on the Bucks every week, which maybe I do, but uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, I I do I I respect them especially their defense I really exactly like, they not get enough credit man people I like Brady just went there and mm-hmm. and won it all for them but they held them the fucking Chiefs to nine points. Speaking of people who get too much credit, Kanye West uh, <laughs> has apparently moved into the Atlanta yes. Falcon Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So oh, he Kanye West had a listening party for yeah. his new unfinished. Album, uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to it whenever. It, it comes yeah, out. <laughs> if if it ever comes out, he <laughs> he, uh, yeah. So the listening party was at the Mercedes Benz Arena where the Falcons play, and reportedly he was so taken by the vibe of the evening he he just decided to stay. Uh, so he's paid to take over a part of. Uh, you know, somewhere underneath the stadium wow. where they've set up a, a studio where they're either creating new songs or finishing mixing the album. Mm-hmm. And he keeps popping up. Like there was a soccer game there yeah, a few so. days later and he pops up with fucking pantyhose on his head. Is it, y'all keep it down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to record y'all. I'm a genius. <laughs> uh, uh, and then came this crazy report that you too can own a bag of air from the listening party. Stop it. For only eleven thousand dollars. Eleven thousand dollars. A bag of air. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
That is like, man. Please. If you're out there buying a bag of air, you're the dumbest motherfucker on the face <laughs> of the planet. You come to me with that shit. Mm-hmm. We do not care. No, we do not <laughs> want your air. Hey, actually, no, we do care. If you want to buy some air. Oh yeah, I got all you got to do is reach out to me and Jonathan. Yes, we got some air from. If that. you want some air, we got we got some of that air. Because <laughs> I watched some of the yeah. the, the party yeah. uh, on YouTube, so technically I have some of the air. Well, I got captured. family in Atlanta, so oh, I, yeah, sent, I sent my air. cousin down there, oh, yeah. and she got a whole bunch of air from there. <laughs> <laughs> I got more air from that shit than anybody knows what to do with. So just call me. Yeah, I'll give us. you some Kanye West air. <laughs> Fucking fart in a bag and send it. To you. <laughs> Uh, oh, we didn't do our sponsors. Uh, this week's uh, episode is it's brought to you by uh, Atlanta Air. <laughs> <laughs> Packaging uh, air from Atlanta <laughs> events all over Atlanta. And we just so happen to have the latest product from uh, Kanye's listening party. So mm-hmm. check it out. Atlanta Air. Don't forget, hit up me and uh, hit up John and Skiff. Yeah, we got Spinafel. <laughs> we got all the air. <laughs> We got all the air. <laughs> all alert. All alert. That's uh, our <laughs> That's our slogan. All alert. Uh let's see. Giants uh versus Eagles argument sparks a deadly shooting in front of a Philly cheesesteak joint. Has to be the most Philly headline I've ever read in my life. <laughs> but you gotta I gotta do that. Man. Yeah. Come on, get it together, guys. guys. We, we talk about you can't be uh we we don't have that hooligan culture and shit. Mm. So I hate when I hear the sports violence between fans. Come mm. on, man! But it is. I don't even know how. Headliner. How does a town like how how does it become known as like the city of brotherly love? How is that possible? Great question. I don't I, I'm know. sure there's a backstory to but that. It's got to be. But, but they I, need to change that. Shit. <laughs> like, did it, it have been in Philly? The shooter? Yeah, they need to change it from the city of brotherly love to like the place you're most likely to get shot outside of a Philly <laughs> cheesesteak place. Or something. I know that doesn't really fit on a postcard very well. <laughs> How did they? Uh, how many people died? Uh, d- just the one. I don't even know if he died. Actually, it said deadly shooting. Mm, yeah, it did say that. Uh, I think it's just the In one guy in front of a Philly cheesesteak. I mean, seriously, and Philly cheesesteaks are good too. Yeah. Why do you want to be fucking? Fantastic. I mean, uh, in more criminal news. Uh, Zaven Collins, Cardinals, first round draft pick, arrested for driving 75 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone. Damn. Uh, the, and TMZ had the arrest video. Oh, God, he was whining like a little bitch. He was like, asking, he was like, he's like, oh, you think you can cut me some slack, dude? Like, yeah, cut me 50 miles he per me, hour. He said, cut me some slack because I was really cooperative. Like, because I didn't fight you, you're going to let, let me. <laughs> I could have kicked your ass, officer. Because they, they arrested him. He, of for, course, for going that fifty fast. miles per hour over the limit—that's insane. Yeah, but the big criminal story, which just came out yesterday, which I don't even know if this is criminal. Well, we'll see. But uh, this is cra- This could be a really. This almost feels like our next DeAndre Baker story if this keeps going. Okay, Julio Jones and Roddy White, who's a former player, he used to play for the Falcons. Yeah, I remember Roddy White. Uh, there is a new lawsuit that accuses Julio Jones and Roddy White of black market marijuana sales. Come on, son. Yep. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> so apparently what happened is that Julio and this Roddy White character uh, who has a company, they set up like kind of a like a, a, a legal weed 
business mm-hmm. where they were going to grow their own weed and they were going to follow all the stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. And and they set up this separate entity of these guys who were going to handle that for them. Mm-hmm. But instead of going through the normal sort of rules and protocol, they basically shut that company out all of a sudden and just took all the weed and like sold it, you know, on the black market. On the black market instead. Why? Um, just to I, make more money? I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it says here, uh, la 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 la. So yeah, they've been selling since March twenty twenty one, a whopping three million dollars per month. <laughs> Damn, that's a lot on of the, weed on the black market. That is a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> what are they selling to Mexico? I don't know, man. Damn. Uh, but this is an ongoing thing. It just came up like yesterday or the day before. Three million a month. Yeah. That's, I mean, come on. That's seriously. That's Great cash, homie. <laughs> that's, that. I mean, how can I not? Wow. Um, I'm, that's, that's baffling. I didn't mm. know you could make that much money. Mm. In uh, this week's Fuck That Guy, I saved it for Jerry Jones. Oh, my mm. God. It's, okay, so the cowboy, Cowboys were the first ones to... Oh, we could do one of these. Yeah, exactly. Cowboys were the first team to show up to training camp. Um... And in the first press conference, I mean, you're sitting there. I mean, it's Jerry Jones sitting next to Mike McCarthy, the coach. Mm. And Jerry Jones basically just took over the whole press conference and spoke for like an hour. And just crazy shit coming out of his mouth, this guy. And so in the big headline, or there were a couple of headlines, actually. One was that, uh, you know, he says uh, Jerry Jones would do anything known to man uh, in exchange for a Super Bowl. Right now, of course, most people would say this. It's just football talk, or you know, mm, yeah. of course, you you want to win a Super Bowl. That's why all these players are there. Of course, you claim that you're going to do whatever it takes, but I'm not actually not sure that like whatever it takes in a football sense is what Jerry is talking about. Like, I think this guy, <laughs> I think this guy would yeah, literally pay, do yeah, in the way he yeah. said it. And it's funny because it made me think. I don't know if you ever saw like that documentary series of Football Life. Yeah, yeah, of course. He, uh, I saw the one on Jerry Jones, and there's a story of when he went on a first date with his wife. Okay. The first date with the woman who later became his wife. They went to like one of these town carnival fair type things, mm-hmm. and he tried to win her a teddy bear, you know, throwing a something at a whatever, knock yeah, down like a the, dart on knock the down the milk jugs and yeah. you get the bear or something. Couldn't win the bear. Right? Of course and not. she's like, oh, it's okay, honey. No, it's okay. It's okay. They walk away. I'm going to get that bear. And then he says, I got to go to the bathroom. And he said, I snuck around back and I asked the guys, like, how much do I got to pay you to get one of these bears? Mm. And of course, Very he paid. To, and, and, exact, and he told the story in the football. You know, he was telling it as like, oh, isn't that funny and romantic? Like romantic. And no, I'm like, no, entitled. dude. That tells me everything I need to know about you. Uh. And I think it's also um, kind of fitting that, and I looked this up, like, the cow. Okay, so we all know the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in a long time. Yeah, since the 90s. Uh, they haven't won a Super Bowl since the salary cap era. Whoa! Right? <laughs> that is insane, man. That's crazy. Uh, he also admitted that he fucked up with the Jimmy Johnson firing. Uh, oh, do you think? And yeah. he hired Barry <laughs> Switzer. But here's the thing: just it was just for ego. I know, but they. they the words that he chose to use in this particular instance, it was like the most subtle non-apology I've ever heard in my life. He said, let me see if I can find He said, he's a great coach. 
I'm proud to have him as a friend, proud to have him, blah, 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 blah. We had this great experience. And then he says, I've never been able to know why I fucked up. Oh, so he's I've never own. been able to know why I fucked up. I'm sorry, but you have to know. We all, we all know. On, we all know why you fucked bullshit. up. Jerry yeah. Jones wants to be the son that everything revolves yes. around. And when Jimmy Johnson got all the credit for the Super Bowl, yep. Jerry got jealous. That's so something. That's how you fucked up. Yes. Okay. All that time, Jones apparently wanted more control over the players, the personnel decisions, and Jimmy Johnson didn't want to give that power up. Yep. Jones famously said to the media after the Cowboys won their second consecutive consecutive Super Bowl that any coach could have taken this team to the Super Bowl. Then he takes dude from fucking college. Yeah. Barry Switzer. And he just got, you know, then they won. And this is, I mean, this is after yeah, back to back Super yeah. back to back Super Bowl wins. And he's like shitting on his coach. Yeah, he ain't So you know exactly why how you fucked up. Damn. Don't try to pretend that. That salary cap thing is a mind twister right there. Mm. I didn't. I didn't know that. I know that he. Uh, they bought all of those linemen, and then they made Emmitt Smith like and and Troy Aikman could stand back there all day. Mm. When they made all of those, uh, yeah. they 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 got all those guys. Damn. I, I, I love the Cowboys when I was a kid. Uh, of course, but you did, during it, that was during the Tom Landry days, uh, and Jones is really kind of the primary reason why I learned to hate the Cowboys. Because yeah. when he showed up, he just came in and just started tearing the things to shreds. Damn. Um, Okay, uh, last story, but it's you know kind of uh, one that we have to chat about a little bit. We never talk about all this, but the NFL is officially dropping the hammer on this anti-vax crowd. Thank uh, you. We haven't. Cole really... Beasley is a fucking idiot. Yeah, I want to say that <laughs> this is not going to be like last year. Um, the short version of it, which many of you probably already know, because it's been widely reported that you, if your team has an outbreak. Uh, that leads to the same complications that we saw last year. If the outbreak is being caused by unvaccinated players, there is a fairly good chance that your team is going to have to forfeit the game. They are not going to. Did you hear the rest of what they said? No. What what exactly? You forfeit the game. Oh, right. And then nobody gets paid. Right. That was supposed to play in the game. That's you and the team you were going to play against. Players will lose their game checks in the event of a forfeit. And the team with the outbreak will be on the hook for the financial damages. Now, I think the financial damages part would be, it wouldn't necessarily be that they would have to pay all of the game checks of the other team. But it was like the travel expenses and all that kind of stuff. What about TV rights and shit? You know how much money is involved in each game? Yeah. Like Fox is going to be like, dude. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to have a game today. Hmm? They probably had to pay Fox back. You know what's funny is that the thing that that sounded like a really big deal uh, when that first came out, but then there was more reporting later that said, "Hey, guys, that rule was in place last year." That like they said the same thing last year about people not getting their game checks. Yeah, not, they, not about the paying for everybody else. Nobody was going to have to do that. They didn't have, but last year they shifted games around. They did. So and the difference is this year you you have an outbreak, they're going to cancel the game. Well, what what actually what remains to be seen is how, um, like, how, like how strict are they going to be? Right? Are they going to be flexible? And the, so they're basically saying because I mean there was a lot of games shifted around last year. Right. I mean we had some weeks where you had a game on, on a Tuesday on shit. almost every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, you had people playing on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. It was crazy. Uh, so the question is like, 
at what point are they going to say, like if a team says, okay, well, shit, this game can't happen on a Sunday, are they just going to say, you forfeit? Or are they going to say, all right, fine. I, you thought know that's what? What they were, I thought that's what the stance was. It wasn't 100% clear like how okay. strict they were going to be. So, oh, they need wiggle room? Uh, yeah. Because if it's the Bucks, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's a, a high a high uh, level franchise or something mm-hmm. like that, then they might not want to do that shit. I could see them wiggle, like uh, how in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, how uh, LeBron James broke protocol and they were just like, oops, oh, okay. And he was supposed to be suspended a game or whatever. They're like, nah. Uh, the other, yeah. The other big uh, thing, well, the thing that happened right after they made this announcement was everyone was freaking out because they thought DeAndre Hopkins was seriously <laughs> considering retirement. No. Which I think was just. Come on, man. Whatever. He's. he's <laughs> Come on, son. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I do think, however, that all of this, I, I think if. If you play for an NFL team, yeah. if you thought that this year you were going to go into the 2021 season thinking that this COVID situation was not going to divide your locker room, then I don't think you really thought this thing all the way through. Yeah. Right? Because you've got – and the funny thing is is that like – so he, the, the short and simple of it is that everybody has a decision to make. Right, you have a choice, yeah. but there are consequences for all the choices exactly. that you make. Right, so in this particular situation, there's it, no one ever said life was going to be fair. Right, the NFL's not fair, life's not fair. Yeah. Uh, these are the choices that you make. Like we, the the league doesn't have to bend over backwards if ninety percent of the league is vaccinated and you're in that ten percent and yeah. you've decided you don't want to do it. Like, it's like fuck you, man. <laughs> it's like. We do not care. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, don't exactly. care, man. Deal with it. <clears throat> they, uh, the shout out to uh, um, uh, NFL Paul Den. Mm-hmm. That's a Swedish NFL podcast, um, and they I, I followed them on Twitter, and they 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 were like um, with this my body my rights stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder what uh, Cole Beasley how he feels about abortion. <laughs> you know what's and, funny about that is because that was one of the headlines that came out the other day. Like so, Cole Beasley. You know, he starts out seeming like he's like full on anti-vax, yeah. you know, screaming from the top of the mountain. And now he says, I'm not anti-vax and I'm not pro-vax. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro-choice. pro-choice. Yeah, yeah. I was exactly. like, huh? Yeah. Okay. Are you pro-choice with uh, abortion? Are all- yeah, are you always are pro-choice? You, he went to, uh, whatever, I forget what school he went to. I saw somebody tweet about that. Like, uh, there's, he couldn't pl- go to that school if he didn't have certain vaccines. Where was the stance then? You know what I mean? Like, mm. you gotta, this shit is not, COVID is not the only vaccine ever. <laughs> There's a bunch out there. Absolutely. You got a bunch in your body, bro. Yeah. If you went to college, if you lived a normal American life where you weren't uh, homeschooled and shit, you got vaccinated. Yeah. So it's like, shut the fuck up. We need this as a, a world, not even just a nation. Everybody needs this. Just fucking do it, man. Do your job. Yeah. Uh, I mean the, you know now the the thing, and this this too this is another thing. It's like how do you, how do you deal with this? Like so the idea, we talked about this last week. The idea that there might be some sort of system put in place so that you could identify who's been vaccinated and who mm-hmm. hasn't. Yeah. Predictably, a lot of well, also pre- the NFL has chosen not to lead. They have kicked the can down to mm-hmm. the teams and yeah. said, "You guys do whatever you want to do." 
and we're not going to get involved in this. Yeah. Uh, so some teams have obviously decided on wristbands, different colors for mm-hmm. vaccinated and unvaccinated players. I think the Buccaneers are doing this. A bunch of other teams are doing it. Um, the NFLPA is obviously not happy about the wristbands. On one level, they're complaining about how wristbands unfairly oh reveal to the media something that that players who don't you know, get vaccinated feel like they have a right to keep private. But they also claim at the same time that unvaccinated players already have to wear something that lets everyone know that they haven't been vaccinated because unvaccinated players still have to wear masks. So what exactly are they complaining about? Yeah, do they want about? them to take the mask off? What are you complaining about? Yeah, what the fuck? If everybody's already going to know, then then what's the big fucking deal, right? The worst worst union in the pro sports. I mean, yeah. Look, I, I think this is kind of important. I think it's important for them to know, um, you know, who's vaccinated and who's not. And, yeah. and, and you know, this is going to be a story all year. And you're already hearing, like, I just, right before I came here, I saw an interview with Carson Wentz, you know, he's in Indianapolis and he's wearing the mask. And the lady asked him, she's like, well, I know that you probably don't want to answer this, but are you vaccinated? And he says, no, I don't want to answer that. And just by saying that you don't want to answer it, we already know what the answer yeah. is. So what, what game are we? What game are we playing here? Yeah. You know what I mean. So I, he had the mask on as he answered. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, yeah. This I I don't know. There's so many other things that you could talk about with the vaccine situation, but I again ongoing story. Yeah. This one's going to evolve all year. Um, the last thing I want to say. Uh, news-wise, is just a shout-out to Jets passing game coordinator Greg Knapp. Not quite the appropriate sound <laughs> effect uh, because the poor guy died after getting hit by a car. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> oh, that was the wrong... <laughs> My finger slipped. Definitely wrong. I don't think we have a... We don't have effect. a... <laughs> uh, but this story, okay, so we talked about this last week. Guy's riding a bike, gets hit by a car, winds up in the hospital. A few days later, he's dead. Uh, Damn. So he, he he hadn't even really, he was, well, he belonged to the Jets, but he used to actually be, um, his most recent job was for the Falcons. He was the, the um, passing offensive coordinator guy for the Falcons during the Michael Vick days. Oh, man. He left. He came back. He was there with Matt and Ryan. And what was his position with the... Uh... He was the passing game coordinator. This guy... No, I mean for the, uh, for the Jets. He was passing game coordinator? Yeah, so this... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this guy was going to be working with, with the new guy. Well, Wilson. Yeah, he, he was thought of as like kind of a, you know, sort of a quarterback whisperer. Uh, and so, he was on a bike, got hit by a car? Yeah, he was on a bike. Damn, that sucks, man. So some dude hit him, and and now he's gone. Did the person get uh? Was it hit and run or did they? No, apparently the guy is he he's, he's probably messed up. He's do he's done the right thing, and he's kind of like working with them, and and oh. you know made him. He, it wasn't a hit and run thing, but I know a dude who hit somebody with his mm. car, and uh, he didn't talk about it that much. But then I, we were talking one night uh, afterwards, and he was like, it freaked him out later mm. when he was like washing his car. Mm. And he said there was like hair in the, oh, in the uh, Jesus, like it cre- in the crease from the hood. And oh my the, god! And he didn't realize it once he hit the guy, but then later the hair, he was just. Like, but he didn't kill the, the guy. That survived in that one. Be safe out there, folks. Don't ride bikes. 
Or those fucking electric scooters. I swear to God, oh I want to kill one of those people myself. Uh, they don't understand. I feel like here is worse mm. because I feel like a lot, or at least in Stockholm, a lot of the population doesn't have driver's license. You're totally right about that. So they don't understand. They've never, they've never driven anything before. They don't understand how hard, how tough it is. So they don't understand the concept dangers, of, of navigating blind spots, spaces yeah. with a thing that has wheels and an engine yeah. on it. I think I you have to. Uh, I think there's. I, I propose this seriously in schools here. They should have like traffic knowledge mm. as a, a course in school, mm-hmm. so you understand. If I walk from between these two cars, I'm more likely to get hit. Mm. Because they don't see me, you right. know. What I'm saying? They they don't understand any of that shit. Man. Hell no. And they just think they own the road. It's like you could die. Mm. Yeah, you. Yeah, I go to jail, but you'd be dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, I got some AFC North coaching. Yeah, uh, sorry, stuff. we went long there. It's a shitload of news this week. Yeah, man, that's all good. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, I'll breeze through this as fast as I can. Um, First and foremost, we got the uh, we're going in alphabetical order. It's the AFC North. This is the last division that we'll be doing the coaching uh, breakdowns on. It's the AFC North. We're going alphabetical order from uh, mascot. So we start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. Zach Taylor. The, oh, you could take the soundboard if you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is his third season. Uh, I prefer uh, this one. For- <laughs> 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 Third season as a head coach, he, uh, he played quarterback in college. Uh, then he tried to go pro. It didn't work out in the NFL, so he went to the CFL, and he played fourth string. Uh, never seeing the field. <laughs> he transitioned into coaching right away with Mike, Shan- Mike Sherman, bringing him on staff uh, at Texas A&M. And that's where uh, Ryan Tannehill went to college. Hmm. Uh, Sherman got on with the Dolphins, uh, who drafted Tannehill. Nice. And brought Zach Taylor with him to be quarterback's coach. Did I mention that Zach Taylor is married to Mike Sherman's daughter? Yeah. We do not care. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor was credited with Ryan Tannehill's success. Uh, Then the Philbin staff firings began. Taylor got uh, elevated to offensive coordinator under uh, interim coach uh, Nichu Campbell. Uh, I don't know if you know him. Uh, <laughs> I got to get that sound clip of uh, Dan Campbell at a press conference. You know we're going to have a lot oh, of we gonna We need multiple sound clips <laughs> of him. Uh, Taylor went on to coach as an um, offensive coordinator at the University of Cincinnati for a few years and got a reputation as a good coordinator. One year later, he was back in the NFL as a receivers coach, then quarterback coach for the Rams. Uh, as we all now know, all you have to do is sniff a Sean McVay staff and you get a head coaching gig. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened with Zach Taylor. The Bengals brought him in to lead this team to the promised land. Taylor immediately led this team to a tie for the worst record in team history and got a first round draft, a first pick of the draft. Of course, they chose Joe Burrow, the hottest prospect out of college, and things were supposed to be great. The team was better. Burrow looked good and all. But they ultimately only won four games and came in last place in the division for the third time in a row. Uh, Taylor's been coached for two years and already has had a 13-game losing streak. The team has been bad on both sides of the ball and lacked discipline. Remember when Coach Flores was about to beat that ass? Speaking of discipline Mm. uh, (laughs) in the game. Uh, On offense, the Bengals run a West Coast-style offense, as do a lot of teams. Brian Callahan is the coordinator, uh, and he, as well as Zach Taylor, worked with John Gruden in the past 
and uh, Gruden is a student of that offense, as we covered uh, with the AFC West. The biggest question mark on the offensive side of the ball is what will happen with the quarterback that the team earned through shitty play. Joe Burrow suffered a horrible injury, but when he gets back, he has a familiar new toy to play with in Jamar Chase. The offensive players will be in the same system for a third year, and that continuity should help the team improve. Defense. Cincinnati runs a multiple defense consisting of 3-4, 5-2, and 4-3 fronts. Their most used zone coverage was a cover three last year with Lou Anarumo still running things on the defensive side of the ball. I expect that to continue. Anarumo came up as primarily defensive backs coach. Getting more talent on that side of the ball could bring them out of the bottom of the half of the league in defense. And this is also the third year under him, so we'll see if there are improvements. My thoughts. I've been out on uh, Zach Taylor for a, a long time now. I think the job is too big for the guy. He doesn't give off true leader vibes, and I wouldn't be surprised if he lost the locker room this year. Cincinnati has been in this position before with a the coach. They waited long, way too long to pull the trigger on firing Marvin Lewis. That was more justifiable because at least he got them to the wild card round every year. Taylor has, uh, has had worst record ever, followed by a four-win campaign. His seat has to be the hottest in the NFL. <laughs> exactly. Now we're on to Kevin Stefanski, the Cleveland Browns coach. It's his second year as the coach. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Cocaine. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Stefanski basically joined the NFL right after college. He graduated in 2004, and then he joined the Vikings in 2006. He worked under three coaches for the Vikings, Brad Childress, Leslie Frazier, and Mike Simmons. Mike Zimmer. Surviving two firings is a pretty big thing in my book. Mm-hmm. He got the best out of Case Keenum as quarterback's coach mm. in 2017 and got a buzz around the league. The Vikings blocked a Giants attempt to hire Stefanski, and he eventually took over as offensive coordinator in 2019. The next year, Cleveland brought him in to lead them and had their best season in a long time, and it didn't seem like a fluke. Offense, Stefanski shocked everyone by immediately turning the Browns' offense into a force while calling the plays on game day. His offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, puts together the game plan, and Stefanski executes. Somehow, they put together the best offense, offensive line in football, and that makes everything tick up there. They have been the best rushing tandem. They have the best rushing tandem in the league. Nick Chubb! <laughs> Which uh, sets up play action. And then they, when they're at their best, they have Baker Mayfield on the move. We talked about that a lot last season. Uh, he effectively cuts the field in half for him and makes it easier uh, for him to make decisions because, you know, decision making and Blake, I mean, and uh, Baker. Uh, defense. The Browns have a relatively passive defense with a focus on keeping the play in front of them and not giving up the big play. They rarely blitz and run mostly a cover three. Their base defense with a four-man front. Maybe another year in the system will allow them to be more aggressive in order to make things happen and get the offense to ball back quicker. Defensive coordinator Joe Woods goes back to Stefanski's Vikings days, but I'd guess that defense needs to uh, get a bit better if he wants to keep that job. My thoughts, Stefanski was coach of the year last year. And uh, this year is his chance to prove if it was a fluke or if he's the real deal. My, in my unbiased, objective opinion, the real coach of the year last year was Brian Flores, but whatever. Uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> I like the way Stefanski has built this team. He seems to have buy-in from the entire organization from the top all the way down to the practice squad. It's always been hard to imagine the Browns being on the right course since they have pretty much sucked my entire life, but they just might be on the right track. 
They get that defense. Can't wait. Can't wait. They get that defense squared away in their perennial playoff team. Weird to even say that, right? Playoffs? What are you talking about? <laughs> Playoffs? You kidding me? <laughs> uh, Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh in his 14th season. Damn. John Harbaugh. Wow. Uh, background, John Harbaugh is from a football family. His brother Jim was a co- pro quarterback for 14 years. I did not realize that. He mm. played that long. Uh, his father was a college coach, uh, so I guess it's in their blood. John uh, didn't float around much at all. He got on with the Eagles under Ray Rhodes, and then he kept the job when Andy Reid got hired to replace Rose, and that's always a good sign. Harbaugh was special teams coach for nine years under Andy Reid, and then he switched over to defensive backs coach in order to beef up his resume, and that worked. In 2008, he got hired to lead the Ravens. Fun fact, Jason Garrett was the Ravens' first choice mm-hmm. to be head coach. And he decided to stay with the Cowboys. Jerry Jones gave him a little extra cash and a, and a promotion to assistant head coach. And he stayed there. And uh, the Ravens dodged a fucking bullet. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy, right? That Imagine the crazy. what if if Jason Garrett goes there. Oof. Uh, so Harbaugh got hired. They're like, I will take the Harbaugh guy. Yeah. Uh, he led his first team. Oh, and he got uh, recommended by, um, by Bill Belichick. They're like, you should, you should take that guy. Fuck mm. that Garrett, dude. <laughs> uh, Harbaugh led his first team to the AFC Championship game and was off and running since then. He's the only coach in NFL history to win a playoff game in his first five seasons. Mm-hmm. In each of his first five seasons. Interesting. Uh, 2015 was his only losing season. The Ravens have gone to the playoffs in nine of Harbaugh's 13 seasons and won one Super Bowl. They are known as a throwback, physical, and punishing football team. The Ravens were known as a smash-mouth type of offense when they beat teams down and set everything up off the run. Then they moved on uh, from Joe Flacco era and brought in Lamar Jackson. It made sense that they would uh, have to revamp the offense in 2019. John Harbaugh brought in Greg Roman from his brother's former 49ers and Stanford staffs to build an offense around his new quarterback. Roman's offense took the league by storm and gave them an entirely new identity. You remember that when uh, Lamar Jackson blew up? Mm. They were still a force on defense, but now they had an offense that put up points. They caught members of the opposing secondaries looking in the backfield for that dangerous quarterback too often, and Lamar was just Lamar. The offense is still run heavy, and they and they use a lot of play action, diversion, and misdirection to keep defenses off balance. A third year under Roman with a better receiving core should see this team putting up even better numbers in the passing game. Defense. Aggression is the name of the game, and Baltimore is the most aggressive defense in the NFL since Don Martindale took over as coordinator. By the way, Martindale worked for Jack Harbaugh back in the day. See how it all ties together? Amazing. Uh, they build, they blitz the most in the league and have ranked second, third, and second in points allowed under Martindale's three seasons. They do this with a, a three-man front that shifts around to create lanes for linebackers and safeties that come in from any angle. The name of the game is chaos and confusion to create pressure and affect timing, and it works. This defense is in good hands. My thoughts, Baltimore has... One of the most stable situations in football. Harbaugh knows what the fuck he's doing. And he is uh, the reason teams have been considering other coaches with special teams background for head coaching position. You either got it or you don't, and Harbaugh has it. He has put together a knowledgeable and loyal staff. He takes care of his guys, as evidenced by him getting the entire staff replicas of the Lombardi Trophy the year that they won the Super Bowl. Wow. <laughs> that's nice. pretty cool. Uh, that's how you take care of you guys. On to... Mike Tomlin, 15th season as the Pittsburgh Steelers. We do not care. <laughs> and there he is right there <laughs> with my favorite sound bite. 
Uh, background, I came to the realization that my daddy issues and my love of football <laughs> culminate in me thinking the world of Mike Tomlin, who's a great football coach that happens to look a lot like my deadbeat dad father, or my deadbeat father. So pardon my bias in this. Tomlin began in the college ranks in 1995 and made the transition to the NFL in 2001 under Tony Dungy in Tampa Bay. He coached defensive backs where they had uh, some of the league's best defenses in a Super Bowl, where they had five interceptions in the Super Bowl with three pick sixes. Jesus. <laughs> I watched that in Germany, that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I was like on my way to, uh, to deploy. Mm. So we stopped in Germany, and I watched the Super Bowl. It's horrible to watch it on the military channels. Mm. But anyway, I watched it like that. It was crazy. Uh, Tomlin got hired as the defensive coordinator uh, for Minnesota under Brad Childress uh, in 2006. One year later, he was hired as the coach of the Steelers, and he hasn't looked back since. The Steelers have made the playoffs in nine out of Tomlin's 14 seasons as head coach and have never had a losing record in 14 seasons. Never had a losing record. That's pretty good. They have won one of their two Super Bowl appearances. They lost to Green Bay. Mm. Uh, offense, though keeping with the same quarterback, the Steelers will still have a new-look offense. They did not renew the contract of, la- of last year's offensive coordinator, Randy Fitchner, and instead promoted quarterback coach Matt Canada to offensive coordinator. He was a hot prospect, too, this offseason. Canada says he'll change some things up. In recent years, the Steelers have gone more and more towards a pass-happy offense, they were last in the league in rushing last year, and that's never good. I never uh, would think the Steelers would be last in the league in rushing. Canada's coordinated numerous college offenses with different types of personnel. He's seen as a flexible coach that adjusts his scheme to the players' strengths. Time will tell. The Steelers have a good receiver core, as always, but they also have uh, a quarterback corpse. <laughs> that was supposed to be like a pun. Right. Uh, so how's that going to work out? Receiver core, quarterback corpse, who knows? It's my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> then again, old Rapeless Burger might pull off the Undertaker <laughs> and uh, rise up from the, mat, from the mat ready to go. Uh, in the past, Canada has a favorite play action, power run, and plenty of motion to keep defenses off balance. We can expect that with him in charge of the offense. Defense. The Pittsburgh Steelers have always been known as a tough defensive team. It's their identity for as long as I've been watching football. Bill Cowher was a no-nonsense coach, and so is Mike Tomlin. At a glance, one might think that they run a 3-4 defense because they have big-ass Hayward in there mucking things up. But just like offense over the years, that Steelers defense evolved as well, and now they're a multiple defense that switches packages up based on offensive personnel on the field. Tomlin is okay with adjustments. He's a leader first. After, after all, he came to Pittsburgh with a strong Tampa 2 background, yet kept Dick LeBeau on as defensive coordinator and let him run the defense so that the personnel didn't get all weird. Keith Butler is his guy now, and he's fielded some good defenses and adjusted to a changing league. He may be on thin ice, though, with his latest contract extension only being good for one year. It's his time to prove his worth in the seventh season, so we'll see uh, if that multiple defense keeps him off the hot seat or not. My thoughts, Mike Tomlin has the respect of the league and has always voted as one of the top five coaches that players want to play for. Shit, I want to play for the guy. He's a passionate, straight shooter, and obviously a good leader. 
I thought you were going to hit the, we do not care. (laughs) (laughs) 14 seasons without a losing record speaks for itself. The Steelers are in good hands. I worry a bit about the staff around him. Matt Canada may need an offseason or two to get the pieces that that, uh, his system needs to flourish, and Butler's time may have run its course. But But having the hardest part figured out, which is head coach, means this team will likely be in the conversation for the foreseeable future. Hmm. That's what I got for the AFC North. Interesting. Uh, Where do you rank them? Staffs. Mm. One, two, three, four. What you got? Tough. Yeah. I think it's the best uh, division <laughs> as far as coaches in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I think this will be one of the more entertaining divisions yeah. this season. Always, yeah. Um, what do you got? Don't try to weasel out of this. All right. I'm going to say Mike Tomlin first. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh second. Stefanski mm-hmm. third. Zach Taylor last yeah dead last, like way last <laughs> like we're gonna add a, off t- a cliff <laughs> yeah. i was gonna i said uh staffs i gotta go ravens first yeah Steelers second uh browns and then Bengals. even though i think mike tom is the best coach the, well, here's the thing i think that i think that obviously i've made it very clear you agree with me um they've they've held on to big ben for at least one year yeah too long yeah uh but when, if you want to criticize Harbaugh, I mean, I remember last year, I'm always a little concerned. Like, I like the Ravens, and I like the way they're, they're a very specific kind of football team. Yeah. Um, but I th- there were moments last year where you were a little worried. Have they really, have they kind of just hit their ceiling? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you had Lamar Jackson, like, complaining that everybody already knew the play they were going to run before they ran it. And it was yeah, like, that's a good point, what's man. going on here? Um, really good point. I mean, Stefanski obviously is, you know, in some ways boxing above his weight class. Yeah. Um, and can he do that again? We'll see. Yeah. I have no idea. So it, this division in particular, I think, is one of the ones that's uh, going to be the most unpredictable and the most up for grabs. Yeah. In a way. I agree because I can't, I couldn't bet right now on uh, who will win. Which we need to do soon. Yeah, we will. We need yeah. to make picks before the season starts. We got to do picks, and next week we're gonna have uh, my brother on, who's gonna the commish. Yeah, bringing the commish to talk about the fantasy football because we got to get set that up. We're gonna have the draft date and all of that stuff. Right. So uh, I need stay to tuned. listen carefully to that one because yeah, he's gonna break down all the rules and shit too. So because yeah. I've never, it's it's new territory. For yeah, me. But this this is going to be fun. I mean, this has been great to yeah. hear. Uh, next week too, I can come in and and with a list of. Uh, I, I promised to come in when you were done with a list of uh, coaches I thought were on the hot seat. Yeah. Little yes. Top, little top ten list. Yeah. Top ten hot seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, gonna be fun. <clears throat> I don't see anybody in this universe. Nah. I mean, Zach, oh, maybe Taylor. Zach Taylor's up there. Yeah. He he might be the hottest seat in the league. Yeah, maybe. Know. All maybe. I know is. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can't because I mean what I mean it's almost August. Yeah, we're two days away from August. Yeah, which means we're what five weeks away from football. Oof! When you say it, ooh, I gotta hit it again. Can't man. wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's hot. Yeah. Well, thanks for checking this episode out. It's been John the Rollins. Give me Sarah. And uh, it's Fen NFL. Thanks for checking us out. We'll catch you next time. y'all.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.